Welcome to the Amherst Wesleyan Church Sermon Podcast. Yeah, so people that know me would say that I'm a bit of a party pooper because I'm kind of a stickler for the rules. At times, I'm a little bit more than a stickler for the rules. I'm one of those really annoying, really frustrating people who's like, the speed limit on the highway is 110, so you know what? We should be going 110, but you're going to save gas if you're going 100, so let's go 100. I'm that guy, okay? And so the rules are there. I feel like it is my responsibility to follow those rules. And sometimes that's good and sometimes that's not. And throughout my life, this has been something that I have, I have lived out and one thing that I have struggled with because what that, that is, is, it's not always a bad thing, but what it tends to lean into is something called legalism. Where the rules are there, you have to follow the rules, and if you don't follow the rules, you instantly feel guilty. And it leans so far into that, it can lean so far into that, that instead of being able to hold on to the idea behind the law, and the reason that we're trying to accomplish, I hold to the rule even sometimes when it doesn't make sense. And I hold on to guilt and shame even when it doesn't make sense. And that can lean into even my walk with Christ. And it has over the past 30 years it has crept in and been a dominant part of my walk with Christ to lean into legalism. I have to do this, and if I don't do this and don't do it to perfection, then I am guilty, I am not worthy, and if I'm not upholding my part, then God is going to reject me. Which, frankly, is not true. Let me just establish that. But that is something that I have struggled with in my life, is that I have to perform to a certain standard to even meet the grace of God. I somehow think that if I perform to perfection, as perfect as I can be, God can make up the rest, but if I perform to that standard, then somehow I'm worthy and that'll be enough to make me what I'm supposed to be. Now, you may have struggled with that as well. You may have struggled with that legalism, that need to perform, that need to have perfection. And you have strived in your life to to do certain things a certain way in order to be accepted, in order to be embraced, in order to be happy or healed. Or maybe it's been something slightly different. Maybe it's something where in your life it has, it's not quite that way, but you have, you have entered into this religious conversation and said, you know what, as long 
As I do what I'm supposed to do, I will be accepted. As long as I go to church, and as long as I'm reading my Bible, and as long as maybe I'm taking communion every week, or maybe if I go and I do confession every week, or maybe as long as I'm reading from a certain passage of the Bible, or I'm having these certain prayers, or maybe you've got a rosary and you're using that kind of thing, you've grown up in the Catholic tradition, you've got all these traditions, and you're like, as long as I follow those things, I'm good. Maybe it's been, it's been a, a slightly different again. Maybe, maybe you've looked at life and, and you've said, based on my performance, I can, I can embrace this healing or I can embrace the, the salvation by, by just doing these certain key things and then God will have favor on me. And you've looked at it and you said, I don't need to be perfect, but I need to do certain key things. I need to dress a certain way. I need to dress a certain way when I come to church. Maybe I need to come to church and I need to sing louder than other people. Maybe I need to give a certain amount of money. And then when I look at it, I can say, well, I showed up in my Sunday best and I sang the songs the loudest and I gave the most amount of money and I gave more than what they were asking me to give. And so because of that, I deserve to be accepted. Some of you, some of you have done that even though the rest of your life it's just a terrible mess. And some of you have done that in, in such a way where you actually give more money. Some of you practice fasting to try to make up for the sin in your life. You look at something online that you shouldn't be looking at. You, you, you cheat on your spouse. You mishandle your money, you, you say something rude to somebody, you, you refuse to forgive somebody, you, you, you hurt someone, you take advantage, you tell a lie, whatever it is, and then you say, well, I'm going to give more money or I'm going to take time and, and fast and just be hard on myself, and somehow that way I will earn forgiveness and acceptance in these things. And they're all very similar because they are based on our performance, that if we do certain things then we will become acceptable to God. Paul wrote in Colossians, his letter to the Colossian church, he wrote in chapter, chapter 2, well, he would, he would have written the whole thing as a letter, but we have it divided up. Colossians, you can find this passage, chapter 2, verses 16 to 23. This is what he said to the Colossian church. He said, Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard, with, with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day, whether you go to church on Sunday or not. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen, and they are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual minds. They have lost connection with the head, Jesus from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Since you died with Christ 
to the elemental spiritual forces of this world? Why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not touch. Do not handle. Do not taste. These rules, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use, are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with the self-imposed worship, their false humidity, humility, and their harsh treatment of the body. But they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Let me read that last, that last little bit there. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body. But they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Let me, let me flesh this out a little bit. Paul is saying, you know what? All, all the traditions and all the rules and everything from the, from the Old Testament from long ago, all that is there designed to point to Jesus. Jesus has completed the work. He has done what needs to be done. And he is the one that's going to do what needs to be done still. He's the one that's doing it. And all those things are supposed to point to him. And so we don't necessarily, necessarily have to continue all those things because now we have Christ. And he says, you know what? Yeah, some of those things look great. Some of those things have the appearance of holiness, of being like God, of the appearance of being like Christ. But they lack any power to actually make you like Christ, to make you holy. Are they necessarily bad? No. Let me tell you, religion can be good. Religion can be used to express what's inside. But religion cannot change what's inside. Let me say that again. Religion can be a good thing if it's used to express what's inside. But it cannot change what's inside. You need Jesus not religion to make you holy. You need Jesus, not religion, to make you holy. What does holy mean? What does it mean to look like Jesus? That means that from the inside out, your heart, your attitude, the way you think, the way you process, the way you react gets changed. That when someone says something nasty to you, you don't automatically think about all the nasty things about them. You don't start going down this deep, dark path of, of depression because they've somehow destroyed your self-being. That you are confident in Christ and that doesn't hurt you and that doesn't attack you and that doesn't tear you down. And you're not worried about tearing them down because you are so secure in who Christ has made you to be. It means that when you have this moment of temptation and something, something pops up on the internet or somebody leaves or wallet beside you or you have this moment where you can tear somebody down to, so that you can look so great those things lose their taste they lose their flavor they lose their appeal and those temptations become less temptations because you look at them and you don't even want them anymore 
where you can walk through your day and you can hear the Holy Spirit whisper and speak to you and you know where to go and how to go and what to say and who to speak to and you can have that simple discernment and direction in your life about what you're supposed to do and where you're supposed to go. It means that when you come to your money and your job and, and your family and you're trying to figure out what decision to make, you are not wrestling with this devil on one shoulder and this angel on another, it means that the power of Christ can have such a hold on your heart and your mind that you can't even hear the whispers of the enemy. It is not, it is not this place of perfection where you cannot be tempted. It is not this, this place of perfection where you can't sin, but it is this place where he just has such control in your life that it becomes natural. Religion can't do that. You need Jesus, not religion, to make you holy. Let me tell you, at home I have two guitars and a ukulele on my wall in my basement. The ukulele is actually Heidi's, but I have two guitars and one ukulele. And when you walk into my basement, you would think, hey, Evan knows how to play guitar. You would think that, wouldn't you? Because I've got them there. You can see them. They're right there, mounted on the wall. They look great. But can Evan play guitar? A little bit. Just because I have them on the wall doesn't mean that I have the skill. Father's Day is coming up. Every man in this room is looking through the flyers for a brand new tool. You know it. And there are some tools in those flyers that you're like, oh man, I want one of those. I have no idea what it does, but it looks cool. Am I right? Yeah, yeah. And some of you are like, I'll probably never use it, but if I have it, I might. Some of us have sheds or garages or cubby holes full of tools that we really don't know how to use. Having the tool doesn't mean you've got the skill. Which of these two things would you rather have? A balloon or a piñata? Why do you want a piñata? Why? Because there's candy inside. And what's in a stupid balloon? Well, there's all kinds of air around us. There's nothing special there, is there? The balloon may be bigger, there may be more of them, may be just as colorful. What matters is what's on the inside. Kids might like balloons and they're fun and you pop them all this stuff, but I guarantee they're going to be happier when the piñata pops than when the balloon pops. It's not the outside, it's what matters. What matters is the inside. 
And the inside only gets changed with Christ. That's what Paul's saying. We've got to stop focusing on the performance. Stop focusing on trying to earn salvation. Listen, you don't need to earn your salvation. You don't need to earn the right to be forgiven, to be saved, to be changed. You don't need to earn that because you can't. You can't. God knows it. God sent Christ. He's already done the work. You don't need to earn it. He's already earned it for you. Don't worry about earning it. He has given it. He has offered it to you. Seek Christ. Ask Him to change what's inside. Not, not to have nice clothes for Sunday or, or just to show up and have people like you or, or think highly of you or, or, or just so that you can do the things that everyone expects you to do. Ask Christ to change your motives and your desires, your priorities, your attitudes. Don't worry about impressing anybody else. Don't worry about what your pastor thinks of you, what the people beside you think of you, what your parents think of you, what your kids. It's not about that. We need to learn how to trust Christ to do the work in us. And not depend on us to make up for that. My failure often has been thinking that it depends on me and that I am somehow able to make myself holy. And I simply am not capable of doing that. I don't need religion. Religion cannot make me holy. It is only by the death and the resurrection of Christ and His filling me with His Holy Spirit that things change from the inside out. And when he does that, then my actions change, and my heart changes, and my attitude changes. I'll tell you, I have tried and tried and tried in different times of my life to change my behaviors. To, uh, to no avail. And at other times, when I have gone through trials and pain... And the Lord has done something inside of me, people will then come to me and say, You are different. And I'll say, I'm not doing anything different. I haven't changed what I'm doing. And they will still look at me and say, There is something different about you. Some of you have said that in the past year and a half. There is something different about you. God has done something, changed something about you. I can't put my finger on it because it wasn't me that did it. We need Christ to do that. How do you do that? Spend time listening to God. Spend time hearing Him. 
Ask God to change your heart and your motives. Remember the purpose of the law is to love others. Remember the purpose and not just the rule. And above all, seek Jesus. Search for him. Surrender to him. Let him do the work inside of you. And then he will make you holy inside and out. Thanks for listening and being part of our church and joining us in this journey to become down-to-earth people following Jesus in down-to-earth ways.